opinions, compelling conversation, and the best in afternoon entertainment. Now, the conversation continues. It's time for John's Choice on Drew Garabo Live. Front of mind. Let's see why. Sail on down the line like a half a mile or so. Time after time I try to, to, to hold on to what we got But now you're going And I don't mind about the things you're gonna say, Lord I gave all my money and my time I know it's a shame, but I'm giving you back your name. Yeah, yeah. What a jam. Oh, yes, I'm on way. way. What, what range by these? I mean, I if you listen to most of their stuff, it's like mm. funky, soul-filled stuff, and they got this kind of just folky, country-vibed out yacht rocker. Yeah, the Commodores and Lionel Richie, that's a great melding. I can't. I love the music of the Commodores, don't get me wrong, but I, I can't ever think of them uh, without thinking about a line from National Lampoon's Vacation that you couldn't get away with in 2022. Uh, I'm ready. Oh, man. There, I'm some, of them, comfortable. some of the movies I grew up with just do not age well, especially when it comes to uh, homophobia and racism. And um, <laughs> in Vacation, Clark gets lost, of course. And he pulls over to ask for directions in the in a bad part of St. Louis, and uh, he rolls down the window and he goes, uh, "Excuse me, Holmes. Uh, yes, what it is, bro? I was wondering if you'd tell me how to get back to the freeway. Hey, f your mama. Uh, thank you very much." <laughs> so, uh, so they're rolling through downtown St. Louis, and it looks urban. Is that is that okay to say? Uh, yeah, yeah, I think so. I mean, it is. Yeah, I'm not offended. All right. So then, uh, Anthony Michael Hall as young Rusty. Griswold uh, looks out the window and he goes, uh, I wonder if these guys know the Commodores. <laughs> I mean, that's not funny. That's, that's it's not. No, you, that's you can't laugh at that. Yeah, I'm sorry I laughed. Yeah. That's not. I mean, I was laughing. I was laughing in the face of uh, discrimination. Right. Like, huh, isn't it so funny what we used to be able to get away with such blatant yeah, racism? Yeah. Yeah. Like, that's that's disgusting. Gross. So <laughs> gross that it makes me laugh. Cause it was, and, uh, otherwise, I'd cry. Exactly. But, by the way, uh, Oh, turn it up. I'm sorry. Oh, look at that. What is that? Oh, give it to me, baby. Good times never felt so good. What were you going to say? I was just going to say that um, uh, when they drive away, you see that someone has spray-painted honky lips on the side of the family truckster. Uh, I have two exciting pieces of news. One mm. uh, that everybody might find exciting, or at least anybody who missed the last 30 minutes, and then one personal for myself. I looked down at my phone, I have two text messages. One saying uh, from Corey Cardinal, saying the Joe Samba interview, if you missed it, is live at theboneonline.com. What? 
Uh, How did he do that? Yeah, I, I would. I, I just as soon as it was over, I shot him a message, and then oh. he hit me. His next response to me was, "It's live." So thank uh, you. Yes, thank you, Corey Cardinal. Corey, if you missed, killing you, it. If you missed the uh, the interview at three thirty, I thought it was really really good. Even if you're not into the music, I think the guy has, especially as of late, had a very interesting uh, musical journey. Uh, so I would check that out. And the second uh, the second text was from my wife, who said. The PJ sandwich platter is ordered for tomorrow, oh. baby. Yeah. Oh, more Commodore. Yeah. Woo. I wonder if they got know those guys in the movie National Lampoon's Vacation. <laughs> oh. She's a man. Like, how are these two songs by the same oh. artist? I love it. Crazy. She's my Demarca. Let it all hang out. She's a man. I really don't know what the song is, and I was sitting here trying to find it, but I think I told you this. I was laying in bed, and my whatever radio was on, that it, it started playing a slightly stupid song, and that's what made me start to be obsessed with finding that Commodore song, because I thought it was a cover, but it wasn't. Oh. But I would tell you all of that to tell you I don't have the payoff, because now I can't find the song that I heard originally. Huh. Sorry. Somewhat of a letdown. Yeah, it was. Yeah, sorry, I just got to think oh. those things out a little bit. Uh, John's Joints being brought to you by Uptograph Laser Vision. Uh, if you're thinking about LASIK, if you're thinking about leaving glasses and contacts behind, why would you go to anyone but the goat of LASIK? Right here in our own backyard, we have that man himself, Dr. Uptograph, the third doctor. Yes, one, two, three, the third doctor to ever perform LASIK in the United States. The first ever in Asia. In Asia is huge. So many people, so many doctors, but Dr. Eptograph, the first to ever perform LASIK there, it blew my mind. I was in and out in four hours. You're actually in the LASIK suite, as they call it, for about 15 minutes. You feel a little bit of pressure. You go home, take a long nap, and I woke up, and I don't just say it, say this. It's true. I woke up with better than 20-20 vision. No glasses, no contacts. It changed my life. Uh, and right now, they're offering $1,000 off LASIK. Give them a call. 727-551-2020. You can even book online at LASIK, the number four, me.com. Mm. So this is like the, uh, the the underground Bucks controversy. You know, when, when Mike Evans uh, gave away that, uh, that record-breaking football <laughs> for Tom Brady the first time, I felt like it really took the news cycle by storm, and everybody wanted to hear about what the guy was going to get, who had to give the ball back. Uh, this one unfolding a little differently. For the first six years of his NFL career, Mike Evans was a very good player uh, on a, on a not-so-great Tampa Bay Buccaneers team. As Evans was becoming one of the best receivers in the league, catching 462 passes and 48 touchdowns, he would routinely give those footballs away to fans after he scored. And he never thought anything of it because why the hell would he? Uh, You know, they're just, they're Jameis Winston balls or or whoever the hell they would be. I got Jameis's 500th interception of the season. (laughs) Yeah, of course, uh, that changed when the Buccaneers signed Tom Brady before the 2020 season and Evans started catching his touchdowns, a lot of them record-breaking. Evans, uh, in a recent interview, said, you've got to understand before Tom came to the Bucks, I was always throwing balls away to the fans. I showed mm-hmm. love to the fans by giving them a souvenir. When Tom came, they started putting people in the back of the end zone and they were chasing <laughs> me down and saying, this is a memorable ball. I wasn't very aware, but in the heat of the moment, S happens. So when Evans ended up catching uh, what would be Brady's final touchdown pass ever, a gorgeous 50-yard mm. deep ball down the right sideline over the top of Rams cornerback Jalen Ramsey, mm. and then immediately tossed the ball into the stands, <laughs> he didn't necessarily realize what exactly he was doing. Uh, and still, he doesn't think Brady 
minds. Uh, that one was unpredictable. Evan said, I didn't know he was going to retire. I'm thinking we might have to throw another touchdown. I'm sure he doesn't care about the ball in a losing effort. Um, but um, it's being reported now that the ball has been found and that it's soon uh, going to hit uh, the auction the auction block. So is that something that Tom Brady bids on himself? Um, I would imagine he'd probably have people do it under a shell name or whatever. Uh, but I would imagine his people will, will place a healthy uh, bid on it. So do, does the same thing about the dude who caught it, like how he got out of the building and everything? Uh, the football Tom Brady threw to complete the last touchdown pass presented is going up for auction with Leland's. On Mm. Sunday, a fan who wishes to remain anonymous caught the ball in the stands and now has a potentially huge payday on his hands. With 320 left in the divisional, Mike Evans caught it, uh, blah, 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 blah. After Evans scored, he tossed the ball to the crowd, not knowing at the time it would be be the last touchdown. Uh, The Bucs staff retrieved the 600 ball and rewarded the fan, but no one from the staff asked for the ball back this time around. Um, We we stayed for the whole game, and I just kind of held it. Okay, so here are kind of your answers. This is from the guy who wishes to stay anonymous. Mm. Uh, we stayed for the whole game, and I just kind of held it like a baby, and we watched them come back and lose. Uh, the seller told ESPN, we stood around for a while uh, while the players walked off the field. Then I tucked it in my jacket, and we just walked out like normal. Nobody came up to us or said anything. The seller grew up in Michigan and moved to Central Florida three years ago. He and his wife uh, had never been to a Buccaneers game, and it was his wife who talked them into buying tickets. Wow. They bought tickets on Saturday, the day before the game, and at the time they had no idea they would be watching Brady's final game, let alone catching his final touchdown ball. Fate and destiny smiled upon this man and his woman, and uh, good for them. Sell it for as much as you can. So he says, Evans gave him the ball. Everybody, and this is in the, in, in, the, uh, in the guy's words, everyone was screaming, and I'm just standing there clapping, and the ball hits me pretty much in the chest. I tucked it in like I was a running back because I was sure I was going to get tackled by four or five different people <laughs> who wanted to grab the ball, but that never happened. My wife was still cheering. She didn't even notice, and I told her, look, look, I got the ball. The ball could catch a, a uh, significant amount of money. Last June, Leland sold the football Brady through to complete his first NFL touchdown for $428,000. Oh, my God. So the seller wasn't aware of the potential value until Brady announced his retirement. Now that he knows what he has, it's potentially life-changing money. Retirement was the first thing I thought of, the seller said. Since then, we thought maybe we wouldn't retire, but it's a nice nest egg for when we do. Whatever happens, I would love to have as many people see the football and for it to go into the Hall of Fame on display. It should go somewhere. Everyone can enjoy it. It is a piece of history. So uh, respect to this guy, and, and he's going to do take the route that's right for him. Would you, if this was you, John, would you at least send the Brady team a letter saying, just to give you an opportunity to make a bid or, or to make me an offer before I put this up for auction, I know this would mean something for Tom, and I'm a fan. I'd be more, I'd be receptive to an offer that you might make, whether that's cash, cash and some signed gear, whatever. At least give him the chance to get that ball before you offer it at, a, at an auction. I mean, you know he's not going to give you a million dollars no, for it. No, but I also think that that's something that, that – that a uh, a person who has a deep appreciation for the game and Tom Brady would do if they've never been to a Bucks game, I don't necessarily get the vibe mm. 
You know, you know what I mean? I just think that a, yeah. a certain person might approach, approach it that way. I think you've got to really be all in on, on Tom Brady and his legacy and his entire career to want to do what's right over knowing that you're going to get a good chunk of change. But maybe you could have it both ways. Maybe you could get that chunk of change and do what's right by giving Tom an opportunity to have his ball. This sounds crazy, and maybe I wouldn't really do this, but I, I feel like I would be more prone to sell it to Brady for $100,000 than to auction it off to a stranger for $500,000. And I realize financially that's stupid, but I would sleep better at night knowing that Tom had that ball and uh, and that $100,000 to him is nothing. Yeah, I guess, but that's the... Th- well, mm. that's... Well, I don't know. That, that makes it worse. If it's nothing to him then why is he willing to pay nothing for a ball that supposedly means something? That's a good point. I mean, I, I think, but the thing is, Brady's got his fingers in so many different <laughs> pots that he, I don't need just cash, you know? You know, maybe you maybe you, you know the perfect resort in uh, Turks and Caicos or whatever, and you can send me away. And then, hey, I'm, I'm in with the Brady brand, so we're going to be flying you to, you know, I don't know. I just yeah. feel much like the Bucks did for that other guy, I think Tommy Boy could yeah. put together a hell of a uh, a hell of a package for me that would appease me for the for the next couple uh, decades. So like a hundred thousand in cash, and then and then fifty thousand dollars, which I think is three hoodies and two uh, two jackets <laughs> uh, from the Brady brand, uh, you know, and, and then maybe some TB twelve supplements, and you get all the different stuff that he owns, and then one of his cars too, because yeah. you know, like he's got like some car way down on the line. That's not his Austin Martin or or whatever. Huh. It's fun to think about. I have to say, I um, I, I mean, I, I don't know. This is inappropriate, but but depending on how much it means to him, I I'd, I'd be willing to do it for for not a, for for not one actual physical uh, dollar. I just need one thing. D- don't don't use the word Giselle anywhere in that one thing. I need I need the Tom and Giselle sex tape. <laughs> okay, and it's in, you can even have it. It can even be encrypted somewhere. You know, it's uh, I, 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 let's be honest here. I just need a Tom solo sex tape. Actually, that would do the trick. <laughs> what what if Tom offers to whoop off? <laughs> I mean, the, dude, the ball's yours, bro. The ball's yours, and I I, I don't even need it like physical copy. You can like put me in a movie theater and show it to me once, and I'll be appeased. Uh, hard segue, but U.S. officials believe Russian President Vladimir Putin has decided to invade Ukraine and an attack could take place as soon as next week, as National Security Advisor Jake Sullivan told Americans still in the Eastern Europe, uh, European nation to get out within 24 to 48 hours. PBS foreign affairs correspondent Nick Schifrin tweeted that U.S. officials believe Putin has communicated an invasion order to the Russian military and that Washington expects a horrific, bloody campaign. Like, does this does this perk you up at all? Like, when we talk, I, I, I say often that I think, and maybe it's because we look at the news every day deeply, that there's always some threat bubbling under the surface. And now that this is becoming uh, a, a little bit more tangible, a little bit more realistic, is this something that in some ways could, could affect, uh, you know, the average lives of the average American? Probably there's some trickle down somewhere. Here's what I think about a lot. What was the controversy about Joe and Hunter Biden before he it, uh, before he took the White House? It definitely uh, had roots in Ukraine. I do remember that part. That there were some sort of business interests yeah. in the Ukraine and that he, the Hunter sat on some board or whatever and blah, blah, blah. So then I'm sure there's a reason we're, gonna, we're there and we're going to defend them. Against, but, like, it's so hard to shake the fact that those allegations were being made back then 
And here we are sending our young men to the Ukraine to defend them against a potential Russian invasion. I I just hate the war machine so much, John. Yeah, it's, it's interesting to think about, you know, what what do you prefer? Because, you know, Trump found a way, uh, right or wrong, to kind of coexist with these scary dudes all around the world. You know, we always hear about the love letters to Kim Jong-un, and obviously everybody thought he was, uh, he was Putin's little bitch boy. But he did find a way to just kind of qualm them, not saying that he'd be able to stop this. But, but that, that's always an interesting thought process to me. Do you appease and calm and, and find ways to make these kind of brutal leaders happy so, so things like this don't happen and we don't have to get in the way for it? Or do we throw our big American Ds on the table and say, hey, we got value and you don't abide by them, so we're going to defend anybody that you go up against. Yeah, yeah I, man, this is just an ugly, ugly mess, especially when you uh, talk about NATO and, uh, and how this reaches into Europe and, and the allegiances there, as well as who benefits from this uh, war. What is it good for? Absolutely nothing. Say it again. Uh, according to the report, a Russian attack would be preceded by. Here's the other thing too. What, what kind of war gives you ever? What kind of war? Uh, you know, initiation. When do you get all of the plans ahead of the war? <laughs> like, according to the report, a Russian attack would be preceded by two days of aerial bombardment and electronic warfare. That sounds scary. Ugh. Followed by a ground assault with the potential goal of overthrowing uh, the Kiev government led by President uh, Volodymyr Zelensky. So uh, you know. Monday could by the time we get back on Monday it could be a uh, it could be some weird things going on. Oh man, let's hope not. Let's let's hope not. Uh, in a sad sad update, we brought you the story yesterday. Let's uh, still hold, uh, you know pull out uh, you know hold out hope for a miracle. Uh, but a Pasco County teacher is in critical condition. One day after she was struck by a vehicle in the parking lot of Anclo High School, uh, Sierra McKean, twenty eight, she's of Lutz, uh, is not expected uh, to pull through, according to a family member who spoke with W. UFLA. Uh, McKean is a, a physical education teacher at the school and also coaches uh, girls tennis. Uh, I imagine it's a tough time for everybody at the school right now. So uh, thoughts out to everybody over there, especially it's tragic no matter what, mm. but a, a, another layer of, uh, of tragic when, when you have this terrible accident happen on you know the premise of the school. Sure is. Uh, you know, he's been... I wouldn't say mildly, but he's made his opinion somewhat known that he that he supports uh, Joe Rogan. Uh, but now he's he's kind of doubling down. John Stewart uh, making his opinion very well known and coming to the defense of fellow podcaster Joe Rogan again over the uproar surrounding misinformation about vaccines that has prompted calls for Spotify to sever ties with its one hundred million dollar star Stewart, the former star of Comedy Central's Daily Show, who is now hosting uh, his own. Um, show on Apple streaming service said on Thursday that canceling Joe Rogan would be akin to banning Stewart from television for his opposition to the Iraq war in 2003. Going on to say the New York Times, right, was a giant purveyor of misinformation and disinformation, uh, uh, disinformation Stewart said of the newspaper's editorial support for the Iraq war. And that's as vaunted a media organization as you can find, but there is no accountability for them. The Times and other mainstream news organizations were criticized for unquestioningly uh, reporting the Bush's administration's claims that Saddam Hussein was developing weapons of mass destruction and that those efforts justified the U.S. invasion. As we know now, um, 
that that wasn't the case. So it's good to see, you know, I, I really like to see these people who are as far across the aisle as possible speak up because I, I do think that the, the freedom of speech, it knows no boundaries. It may be Joe Rogan today, but like he kind of said, it could have been John Stewart then and it could be John Stewart in four years. Definitely could. And I was very, very happy to see John Stewart do that because, again, no huge fan of Joe Rogan. Uh, but I am a fan of free speech and questioning everything uh, that we accept from our government. And dis- one person's disinformation or misinformation is another person's fact. I-, I saw I saw yesterday that I think I think it was over the weekend or maybe early this week that Rogan did a stand up show and he's really leaning into that. Why the hell are you people listening to me? <laughs> I mean, that was I was looking at some of his bit and it's like you realize that I used to make people eat monkey D's on television for a living. And he's like, and now. How you're going to listen to me, you know, when it comes to how you should live your life. So I think leaning into that is probably, uh, you know, probably one of the best things he could do. No question. Yeah. My advice is don't take my advice. Yeah. Yeah. I think he said that. I that think he that said was that, his quote. Yeah. 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 Verbatim. I love that. Yeah. I mean, it's it, and it's why that has to be explained by him. You know, some things, although they may delve into serious uh, topics at times, that doesn't mean that it's a serious source for information, you know. Mm-hmm. So just take everything you see and, and read. Worth what it's worth. <laughs> Hold it for, you know, don't put things too much thought into things that don't deserve it. Question everything. After almost a week of jury questioning, a jury has been seated in the Curtis Reeves trial. Reeves 79 is on trial in connection with the 2014 shooting death of Chad Olson, who was 43, after the men argued over Olson's cell phone use before the start of the movie. Reeves is suspected of shooting Olson after Olson threw popcorn in Reeves' face. Since then, with defense motions, delays, and the pandemic, the case has taken eight freaking years for a Mm. trial to start. Uh, Six jurors and four alternates were finally selected uh, last night as the jury selection process dragged on Pinellas Pasco Circuit Judge Susan Barthel became visibly frustrated with uh, the pace of proceedings, saying, now I'm not looking at tomorrow again. She said Thursday about pushing back jury selection even further. Today's court session will be used for motions by lawyers. Uh, Opening arguments are scheduled uh, to start on Monday. Uh, Reeves, who faced a second-degree murder charge, could face up to life in prison, uh, which for him could be about, you know, who knows, Mm. 10 days. Couple weeks, yeah, yeah. Not man, going into prison old sounds terrible. I mean, going into prison young sounds terrible too. But in those days when you're just supposed to be old and cozy and comfy, uh, to think that you're in prison, uh, man, that would you rather go to prison young or old? Old, like, definitely. Oh, really? Oh, yeah, take those years off my life that don't mean anything. I guess that's a good point. You're kind of already old, and I mean, not yeah. necessarily old and miserable, but if especially if you're old and miserable, just uh. Yeah, just put me in there. What's the difference? Let me throw this at you. How about going to jail as an old retired cop who probably is going to jail with the people that he put in jail oh, twenty years gosh. ago? Yeah, How, you yeah. know. Do they? Do they? Because of his history and stuff? Do they? Um, do they? Do they put him in special? You know, special spot. Uh, if he does go to jail, I would imagine that there would be some sort of special dispensation given to where he'd stay away from the people that he threw in jail. But can you imagine? Yeah, that would uh, that would be a bad day. <laughs> that would yep. be a bad day uh, going to prison with the people you put there. <laughs> uh, I'm seeing a lot of people respond to this next story with uh, just the opposite of shock. Just duh. But still, any proof that it's real uh, just kind of makes you go, damn. 
That really is happening. Uh, the Central Intelligence Agency is collecting information on Americans without supervision from Congress or any other branch of government. Two Democratic senators alleged in a newly declassified letter uh, from last year, the April 13th, 2021 letter from Senators Ron Wyden of Oregon and Martin Heinrich of New Mexico to Director of National Intelligence. Avril Hines said the CIA Director William Burns was made uh, public with part, or I'm sorry, it was in addition to that man was made public with some redactions yesterday. In the legible portions of the letter, Wyden and Heinrich state that despite Congress's intent uh, expressed over many years and through multiple pieces of legislation to limit and in some cases prohibit the warrantless collections of Americans' records as well as the public's intense interest in and support for these legislative efforts, the CIA has secretly conducted its own bulk information program. It has done so entirely outside the statutory framework that Congress and the public believe govern this collection. And without any of the judicial or congressional uh, use of the executive branch oversight that comes with uh, the Foreign Intelligence Surveillance Act. So what are they do? Like, what are they doing? Like, what are they, you know, what? I know that I know that people hate when you say this because they say, you know, if you'll give up one right, then you'll give mm-hmm. them all up. But hey, what is the CIA going to do with you and I? Uh, I don't know. I have no idea. I'm, I don't feel like I'm giving them up any valuable information. Yeah, I don't want the idea of that people are listening to me, but I think that, that the average American, whether it's the CIA, Facebook, Google, if you've got an Alexa in your house, whatever it may be, like there are things listening to us. So I, I just feel that a lot of us accept that in modern day. And, and mm-hmm. as long as you're not you know, pushing major weight or planning an assassination or doing something that would really intrigue the CIA, I just feel that that's that's a that's a general acceptance that the public has now. Sucks, doesn't it? It it does. It does. But I I think it's been such a gradual point like flow to get here that the suck feels less. The suck does feel less. Yeah. Uh, Ontario Premier, uh, Premier Doug Ford declared a state of emergency Friday in the Canadian province while asking protesters angry over COVID-19 restrictions to go home and end their blockades. Ford gave a stern warning to protesters in Ottawa and at the Ambassador Bridge saying he would press for new legislation Saturday to crack down on their demonstrations against the restrictions and the Prime Minister, Justin Blackface Trudeau himself. Uh, we're now two weeks into the siege of the city of Ottawa, Ford said at a press conference, I call it a siege because that's what it is. It is an illegal occupation. Protesters typically make their point and then head back home. But those who Mm. remained in Ottawa at the bridge linking Detroit to Windsor, Ontario, were illegally uh, disrupting the nation's economy, Ford said. Yeah, I don't... um, I don't know. I, I really don't know where I fall on this because I, I think that if you are going to be a voice that says, hey, you can't block my roads uh, when, you know, when, when the BLM protesters did it and, and you can't disrupt my life, you got to you got to keep that same energy. And, and if and if the, and if it's truckers doing it, even for a cause that you believe in, I think the initial thought is still there and that it isn't really totally cool for the people that need to go about their days and live their lives that they just can't do that right now. It's an interesting case study in how we treat different people because now in Florida you can legally run over protesters in the street if they block your way, which was a direct reaction to some of the stuff that we saw during the uh, the social justice protests. And now we're like supporting these truckers who are completely shutting down cities illegally 
because, you know, maybe we like their message a little bit better or we like the way they look a little bit better or whatever. It's it's so interesting, the the different and one could say hypocritical way that we treat different people with different messages. Well, it's just the the, the problem is, is that nobody can see anybody else's cause mm. or understand the passion True. that they have for their cause. That's that's the problem is that right. if you really start digging into this conversation with those people who would have a problem with one and love the other. It, it, I'm sure that the argument ultimately leads to, well, what were they what were they really protesting for? And then and then the question becomes, we you know, they're taking away our rights. We can't even cross the border without a COVID vaccine. So I think I think the reason that uh, you're never going to get people to ultimately understand both sides is nobody cares about anybody else's cause. <laughs> Their cause is the only thing that they care about, and, and they can't they can't even fathom how somebody else could care about something that they don't. Yeah, and I just wish more people could look at these things and go, wow, these people feel that, that passionately about something to where they're okay with it. Maybe I should look at how I feel about these people who feel so passionately that they're okay doing something like that, but we won't. We won't. No, no, never. Uh, man, this story, the main reason I'm bringing it uh, to your attention mostly is because it's ripped right from the pages of a Billions script. Uh, there is no Southern hospitality for this doo-doo dilemma. The headline reads, Alabamians are going off the rails over the return of the New York City poop trains to Adamsville, huh? the same town the trains notoriously stunk up just a few years ago. Big Sky Environmental, the same company that promised to stop hauling rail cars of New York and New Jersey's human waste to the Ooh. landfill in 2018 following locals uproar about the stench appears to be lying about it and back to work despite previously pledging to cease uh, schlepping down out of state uh, waste and dumping it in the Birmingham suburb documents reveal that they may have recently restarted doing just that and, and they're, they are doing you remember the episodes from Billions when uh, mm -hmm. Chuck got them to stop the, the poo train uh, right by uh, Jeff Jeff, Jeff, Coates, Coates. Jeff Coates house yeah. I'm looking at the pictures it's the exact same thing and sometimes they do uh, they do sit in certain places uh, ultimately train cars end up just sitting and kind of rotting and stenching on people for extended periods of time. That coming from CBS 42 in Alabama. I mean, Ugh. is that, I didn't, I wouldn't have ever think that was, thought that was a thing. I would just think we have a better, we have better options for our, our human waste than to have to put, load it up on a train and take it across the country. <laughs> Not going to lie. When I saw when they did that on billions, I was like, well, it's good, but that's a little far-fetched of a premise. There's no way we really do that. Exactly. And we do. Uh, and a couple light things just to uh, take the edge off for you before we uh, wrap it up. A newly released infrared image shows a swarm of UFOs chase four U.S. Navy destroyers off the coast of California. The grainy cool. image has been released by the Navy and shows what appears to be three small dots representing Presenting unmanned aerial systems hovering near the USS Paul Hamilton. It was one of the many occurrences naval ships saw over the course of weeks as many destroyers spotted these uh, contraptions in July of 2019. These three appeared uh, near the ship around 8 p.m. on July 17th, shortly after the USS Paul Hamilton, Hamilton cut location broadcasting via the automatic identification system. Uh, ships are not required to broadcast their location 24-7 and usually disable the transport in situations that call for heightened security. Shortly after doing that, uh, these three things uh, just start getting right up on their ass and chasing them all about. Um, I really don't know what the hell these things are. The, mo the more time goes by, I think it's either us or it's another country who's got some really damn good technology that, that, that they're just not sharing. That's what I think it might be as well, or just aliens. 
I mean, yeah, aliens obviously being the given, yeah. but I, I the more I read about and hear about them throw the our government throwing out aliens only to excite the public and get them off the <laughs> scent of what is really going on. Yeah. Like this very well could be just high end uh, you know, US technology that they don't want anybody to know about. So once people start talking about it, they go <laughs> Well, that might be aliens. You you got to believe it. Uh, <laughs> it's them damn Martians again. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and lastly, I love these uh, studies that pop up that show what people are Googling leading up to certain events and this, mm. with the uh, Super Bowl. I think I can say that. Mm-hmm. Uh, coming up this weekend, when it comes to parties, people are expecting there to be a lot of food. Uh, wings, pizzas, chips, dips, and plenty mm. of other uh, usually unhealthy food options are always a hit. But Google recently released information about the most searched terms for the Super Bowl foods based on location not surprisingly, a lot of people are searching for various wing recipes along with a variety of different dips. When it comes to wings, the country is pretty evenly split uh, between searches for hot wings and buffalo wings. On the East Coast, it seems northern states prefer buffalo wings, while the southern states uh, tend to search for hot wings. In the Midwest and West Coast, however, the split appears to be more random. Uh, Texas is a buffalo wing state. California a hot wing state, uh, while a buffalo chicken dip was the most commonly mm. searched term among most states uh, in 18 states, to be exact. Are you going to fire up the famous uh, Garabo dip this weekend? Yeah, I mean, I, I, I would be remiss not to. It's not the healthiest thing in the world, but uh, YOLO. Uh, here's where things just take an interesting turn. Uh, okay. Oklahoma, meanwhile, is a true standout. The number one searched dip, and I don't know what the hell this is, but I'm going to Google mm. it myself here momentarily. Um Chocolate chip cookie dough dip. Sounds like that cake dip that yeah, Sarah does. made. Yeah, it does. I mean, what would happen if you just took chocolate chip cookie dough and put it in the blender with, with maybe like some milk or something? Like Tell you this- what I want to do. I want to take your tender heart in a blender. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.